Hi again, it's me, Lou. In season one, I told you guys about how I moved into a luxury mansion called Plutus Heights. I lived there with six other rich kids, Jeremy, Mark, Will, David, Aaliyah, Naomi, and got involved in all kinds of drama. First, there was David using me as his fake girlfriend. But later, he actually asked me to go out with him for real. Then there were rumors that Jeremy was having an affair with me, and so his girlfriend Naomi made my life hell. But luckily, a handsome mystery man came to the rescue, who turned out to be Mark. Now Mark and I are dating, and I've never been happier. Well, so are you ready for season two? Honestly, things between Mark and I have been great, and so have things at Plutus Heights. It's as if all the drama fizzled out, and the seven of us were getting along so well. We even decided to take a big group trip together to celebrate the end of the semester. And because we were all nearing the end of our time at college, which meant we wouldn't be living together much longer, we were having a Mediterranean cruise trip, traveling through Spain, Portugal, France. But when we were on the way to our next destination, Venice, Italy, the pandemic suddenly broke out of nowhere. So obviously, we had to change the itineraries and shorten our trip, which was a bummer, but luckily, we were solely traveling on our private cruise and staying in private resorts. So we weren't in danger. That's the most important thing. Though, along with the chaos going on out there with planet Earth, stuff on the cruise wasn't exactly peaceful either. A new chapter of drama has begun. One night, we were out drinking on the deck, enjoying some fancy French wine that we'd picked up along the way. It was the perfect night. The weather was warm and balmy, the stars were out, and there was this cool sea breeze all around us. I'd never experienced anything like it before. Even though my parents are rich, they didn't really flash their cash around, so I'd never really learned how to fully make the most of life like my friends had. And I thought, it's not too bad leading a modest life. Everyone even joked with me, saying that I was too uptight, and that my family was rich, but it was such a shame that I didn't know how to spend money. They were probably right. I really should let loose a bit, and enjoy life a little more, as trips like this have been really fun. That night, we were drinking and chatting, when suddenly, Jeremy got up and said he had to have an emergency call with his tour manager, after COVID had caused his tour to get cancelled. That was so unfortunate. Everyone kinda quieted down after he left. Then Mark leaned over to me and said, Let's go back to our room too, babe. And that's when Aaliyah looked over at us and whined, Ew! Get a room! I can't stand watching you two lovebirds! Then she got up and left. It was kinda awkward, but David quickly interrupted and said, What is wrong with you guys? You're such party poopers. Stop killing my vibe. Listen up. No one is leaving until we finish this bottle. And at that, he popped open another bottle of champers, and we all cheered. We ended up staying up super late, reminiscing about the trip so far, and looking at all our photos. It was so much fun, and we all had a good laugh. At one point, Naomi popped up from her seat. Oh, Lou, remember that pic I took of you at Parkwell? That one was so funny. It's on Jeremy's camera, though. Let me go get it. Oh, and where's Aaliyah? Let me go get her, too. Then she ran off in excitement. We were all tipsy by this point, and in a good mood. We started talking about where we'd go next on our trip, and I suggested we should make this an annual thing because it had been so much fun. But just as I said that, 
I heard someone yelling. It was Naomi, and she didn't sound excited anymore. She was super angry. I can't believe it! In our bedroom? Jeremy, are you for real? You're cheating on me in our own room? What is wrong with you? Oh my god, Jeremy was a serial cheater. Poor Naomi. And then I started to panic. Who had he been cheating with? Please tell me it wasn't Aaliyah. We all ran to the room and I prayed so hard that it wouldn't be her, because then our friendships would all be over. The whole way to the room, we could hear Jeremy and Naomi shouting at each other. I am speechless, Jer. What do you have to say for yourself, hmm? Naomi screamed. Then Jeremy said, I, I thought it was you, babe. I'm a bit drunk. And she came into the room and it was dark and... Then Naomi interrupted, saying, What? You thought it was me? You're drunk, but you're not blind. Look, we look nothing alike. You've sunk too low this time, Jer. We caught up with them, and when we looked into their room, Jeremy was on the floor begging Naomi for forgiveness, and there was another girl on the bed. The maid! Oh my god, he cheated on Naomi with the maid! But at least, thank goodness, it wasn't Aaliyah. It could have been so much worse. Eventually, Aaliyah showed up to help me calm Naomi down, and that night, the three of us slept in Aaliyah's room. We couldn't leave Naomi alone because she was so upset. I couldn't believe how everything had just changed in the blink of an eye. One moment, we were having the best vacation of our lives, and the next, it was all a mess. Naomi only fell asleep around 3 a.m., and I only know that was the time because my dad suddenly called me. I would have thought it was strange, but it was still evening back in New York. Maybe he was missing me. I was actually relieved to speak to him, and I excitedly said, Hi, Dad. What's up? But as soon as I heard his voice, I knew something was wrong. He didn't sound happy at all. Pumpkin, um, there's this thing, you see. Our company? Well, it's having some trouble. This pandemic is so harsh. Could you come home soon? I really need your help. After that call, I couldn't sleep a wink. I was so worried about my family. The next morning, I told everyone what had happened, and they were so understanding. Will even offered to lend me his private jet so I could get home ASAP. Mark decided to come with me, so we packed up and got ready to leave. I felt so bad leaving Naomi after what had happened, but now I had my own heartbreaking news to deal with too. When we got home, my mom and dad sat us down, and it took a few minutes to tell me what was going on. The truth was... My dad had just filed for bankruptcy. It felt like my whole world had just come crumbling down around me as I heard my dad tell me. My whole body was shaking, and all I could say was, No! What? Then my dad explained, I'm afraid we just couldn't survive this pandemic. Our branches in Asia have been frozen for months, and now in Europe too. The domestic ones don't seem to be able to hold up for long either. It's been so hard, and there's nothing we can do now. But don't worry, Pumpkin. Just finish your studies. That's the important thing. We can still afford your last semester. Go get that degree, then come help me revive our company, okay? By the time he'd finished speaking, he was choked up, and we both started crying as he reached out to give me a big hug. 
I had to be strong and push through my last semester and graduate, no matter what. But it wasn't going to be easy. The news was already out. It was all over the internet, and even in the newspapers. Everyone knew my family had gone bankrupt, and I felt like all eyes were on me everywhere I went. It was so stressful, and I knew people were whispering about me. I was nervous to go back to the investment club, aka the rich kid club, because I knew they'd look down on me and my family now. And they did. Now they made me do tasks that only newbies had to do, like collecting data and stuff. One time we had a team meeting, and Mark needed someone to be team leader for the upcoming project. Who do you guys think will be suitable for this task? Mark said. To be honest, I didn't care. My head was elsewhere, worrying about my family situation. But I quickly snapped back as I heard a girl mentioning my name. Anyone but Louise, because obviously her family's company is dead. We don't want her to push us into bankruptcy too. Everyone laughed, and I was so humiliated. I almost burst into tears in front of them all, and had to clench my fists and bite my cheek to stop myself from embarrassing myself even more. Suddenly, Mark slammed his fist down on the table and told them off. I was so grateful to him, but at the same time, embarrassed. I felt so vulnerable all of a sudden. But at least I had Mark. He was the only good thing in my life at that point. Even though he was my shoulder to lean on, and we told each other most things, there was one thing I'd been hiding from him. Ever since we got back from the cruise, I'd been receiving hate mail. At first, I thought it was just some kind of prank, but now it felt serious. I was too scared to bring it up. As I didn't want to make the tension at Plutus Heights even worse, things between Jeremy and Naomi were awful, and Naomi was moving out. So the last thing everyone needed was to hear about my hate mail. It started with a letter that said, "What are you still doing here? You don't belong with the rich kids anymore." Who would say this to me? I didn't want to suspect any of my friends. I mean, why would they say that stuff to me? Plus, the message was made up from cut-off letters in magazines. So I couldn't even base on handwriting or anything to tell who it could be. That continued for two or three more times. Still, I tried to ignore it. But one night, after an exhausting day at school, I threw myself onto my bed and picked up my favorite book. But as I opened it, a letter fell onto me. More hate mail. This one said, "So you're still here, becoming a gold digger now, are you?" We all know you can't afford to live here, and no one likes you anyway. So get your poor ass out of here. You're ruining our reputation. That was the cherry on top. I already felt stressed at college from all the gossip, and now I didn't even feel safe in my own home. This wasn't a home anymore. I immediately got up and packed my suitcase, crying as I did it. It was simple. I'd just leave. I hoped they'd all be happy now. It was already late, so everyone was in their rooms. I couldn't face seeing them, so I dragged my suitcase as quietly as possible downstairs to leave the house. I didn't even think about where I was going. I just figured I'd get out, find a cab, and go stay in some motel near the campus. As I was walking, I heard a car honking from across the road. Lou, hey, Lou, is that you? What are you doing outside this late? I turned around and saw it was David. And as soon as he saw me with tears streaming down my face. He leapt out of the car and came running over to me. Hey, hey, what happened? He asked me. I'm leaving. I told him through tears. That's what everyone wants, right? 
I'm sorry I bothered you all for so long. He looked confused and said, What? Who wants that? I don't. Come on, don't be ridiculous. Come back to the house. Let's sort this out. I refused and told him to leave me alone, but he'd already grabbed my suitcase and then he grabbed my hand and made me get in the car. I was really crying by this point as I told him about the hate mail, and he was so mad. As soon as we got home, he shouted at the top of his voice, Emergency meeting now! Everyone wake up! Then he ran around the house knocking on everyone's doors, even though I tried to stop him. Rose, the violin teacher will be here in 20 minutes, so please prepare for the lesson in advance. Punctuality is an important quality of a true lady. My mother reminded me. Her tone made me mad. Of course, mommy. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I replied and thought about how much I hated the violin. Wouldn't it all go to hell? For the first time in my life, I dared to go against my parents. Threw a few things in my bag and walked out of the house with determination. Hello, Amanda. I think I left home. Please meet me there if you don't mind, she said. I said in a trembling voice into the phone. My heart was producing so much adrenaline. I never experienced anything like that before. So that's how you are, Freedom. I took a deep breath and said with pleasure and set forth towards my dream. Hi, my name is Rose and my dream is to be the daughter of poor parents. Mine, unfortunately, are too rich and I'm sick of money and everything that goes with it. What? Are you crazy? The whole world dreams of a life like yours, and you don't appreciate what you have. That's what most people I know say, and you probably agree with them. But I'll try to explain why being rich is terrible. I look at my baby pictures and realize, God, I even had couture diapers. And I don't seem to have had shit on them at all, because my whole life since I was born has been all about showing off and the pursuit of perfection. That's the way it is in rich families. I was always forbidden to play in the sandbox because I could get dirty. It was the same with puddles, sticks, and even food. I was shielded from anything that would spoil the appearance of a real princess, and I was spoon-fed until I was five, so that, God forbid, I wouldn't get dirty during dinner. Every meal in our house is a special ritual and a kind of celebration, where it's customary to come dressed up in nice clothes and a suit full of manners. Rose, you don't need your other hand for bread, but to hold a knife with it and help yourself with it when you're eating. My mother and babysitter were always reprimanding me and teaching me about life. I can tell you with certainty, I never had a childhood. And what a normal child's childhood was like, I learned only from the television. Sometimes we were in public places, which luckily my parents were not afraid to take me to from time to time. Rose, you don't have to fight with Alexa. She has a really nice family. You should be friends with her. My mother insisted when I was four years old, and I didn't want to have a terrible friend around me that my family forced on me. I had to. Do you understand? I only had to be friends with someone my parents thought was worthy. Besides, from an early age, I was told what to do. My parents chose my hobbies and interests for me. Ballet, modeling school, vocal, violin. And I was sick of it all because I wanted to pursue basketball and playing a guitar and just walk down the street like normal kids. Instead, I, along with the babysitter, was worried about my daily schedule 
and I was afraid I was going to miss a class. Yes, I always had things that other kids could only dream of, but believe me, none of that compares to the sweet word freedom. My life changed drastically when our housekeeper came to visit us one day with her daughter Amanda. Amanda was my age, and I was immediately won over by her spontaneity, her cheerful nature, and her total openness to the world. She was very different from all my friends and acquaintances, and even me. I never met people like that before. Don't you know what a slingshot is? Seriously? Wow! Amanda laughed good-naturedly, showing me a branch with a rubber band stretched over it. Then she taught me how to shoot it. She also drew squares on the pavement with numbers inside, and then we jumped on them. God, she had like a hundred ways to do it, and they were all cooler than PlayStation games. Sims and even Among Us, adventures with Amanda were the best I ever had. And how many interesting, exciting stories she told! And then I tripped over some rock and smashed my knee, ripping my pants and bleeding all over. She was talking about one of her adventures. Wow, you went straight to the hospital? Did your parents scold you? I asked naively. I wanted to know the details. Funny. What should I be scolded for? For a broken knee or ruined pants? Of course not. My mom just felt sorry for me. Amanda answered. And every time I did, I realized that I wanted to give up everything I had in favor for the life Amanda and her friends lived. But I had no way of getting into that other life. And Amanda was my secret friend. If my parents found out that I was communicating with her, she would never come into our house again. At some point, I realized I was very tired of everything and was ready to run away. I had no concrete plans or understanding of what I was going for. I was driven by fatigue and dreams of being a normal kid, whose parents don't own millions and don't decide everything for them, down to when to go to the bathroom or take a shower. Twenty minutes later, Amanda followed me to the bus stop. Shall we go? I'll show you another world, she said with a smile. Let's go. I answered resolutely, and we rushed towards the adventure. An hour later, we found ourselves in a very strange place. The houses were so tightly packed together and so old that they seemed to be about to collapse. In the yards, children were walking around in dirty and worn-out clothes, but they looked happy and carefree. There was loud music and shouting coming from the open windows. It sounded like someone was fighting. I never heard people talking to each other in that tone before. On one hand, I felt uncomfortable and scared, but on the other hand, my soul was thirsty for experience, and I wanted to immerse myself in this life. So I bravely followed Amanda. Well, princess, you are about to descend from heaven and experience all the pleasures of hell, my friend said with a laugh, and opened the creaky door of her apartment. The first thing that hit my nose was a strong, unpleasant smell, something like the smell of camembert cheese. But harsher and nastier. What's that smell? I asked Amanda. Smell? I don't smell anything. She answered embarrassedly. Maybe it's just my imagination. I thought. The apartment was furnished with old shabby furniture, a closet with a broken door, a three-legged couch, and a broken TV. I felt as if I'd entered into some kind of virtual world in survival mode. The sight of that apartment made my insides tighten. Could people really live like this? After a few minutes, there was a lot of knocking on the door. No, not even knocking, pounding, pounding with all my might. 
was so frightened. I thought a war had broken out. But Amanda grinned and said, Don't be afraid. It's our neighbor Darcy. He's not himself again. He'll knock and then he'll stop. Would you like some tea? I nodded uncertainly. Meanwhile, the neighbor started shouting some undecipherable threats. For the first time in my life, I was so terrified that my body literally shook with fear. What if he breaks the door down? I asked fearfully. It wouldn't be the first time, and it wouldn't be the last. Amanda shrugged. If he hasn't broken it by now, he probably won't. My friend smiled at me. Probably? Probably? Awesome. I thought on the verge of hysteria. The half-destroyed house, the swearing, the screaming, the gloom. No, it wasn't what I'd hoped for at all. I imagined this world to be very different, and now I wanted to go home as soon as possible. To my commitments, to my parents, and my classes and my lessons. Only, how do I get out of here when there's a madman at the door? Amanda, don't take this the wrong way, but I have to go. How do I do that? When does your roommate leave? I asked my friend. I don't know. Just ignore it. Let's talk. Tell me, do you like any guys? Amanda was clearly trying to distract me. But what kind of guy are we talking about when the door's about to come off the hinges with this freak? My life is in real danger. Besides, I wasn't worried for nothing. Something heavy and started kicking in the door lock. Even so, Amanda remained perfectly calm, and I wanted to rewind time and give up the stupid idea of running away from home. Against the backdrop of this nightmare, the violin lesson seemed harmless and sweet. Soon, the deranged neighbor broke the lock and broke into the apartment. He had a completely insane face and was demanding some money. I immediately rushed to get $20 out of my jeans pocket, which was all I had on me. But Amanda intercepted my hand. Are you crazy? Don't give him a dime. He'll be fine. She didn't seem scared, unlike me. I was mentally saying goodbye to my family and my life because I was sure it was the end. The money! Where's the money? Shouted the crazy neighbor with a hammer in his hands. I grasped Amanda's hand tightly and closed my eyes. Hey you! Get out of my house right now! You scared my friend! Amanda shouted defiantly. The madness seemed to go on forever and everything was in slow motion. And then the cops showed up at the apartment. They threw the crazy neighbor on the floor. My parents ran in after them. Honey, are you okay? Are you okay? My mother asked frightened, holding my hands. I'm not sure. I answered quietly and cried out, cuddling up to her. We drove home right away. On the way home, my parents comforted me and talked about how frightened they'd been to find me gone. My mother asked me to explain what I'd done, and I told her that I was tired of the endless classes and wanted so badly to touch the lives of ordinary teenagers. You know, I understand you. I think we should reconsider your schedule and give you more free time. My mom smiled at me. Let Rose talk to whomever she wants. Sometimes it's good for a person to feel the difference between social strata to learn to appreciate what they have. Dad added, and for the first time, I was in agreement with him. Yes, it's hard to always be toned down and fit in with my family status, but that's my life and my way. Unfortunately, things aren't as all as rosy as I'd imagined for teenagers without cares and responsibilities. The last thing I want is to be trapezing around the streets in old worn-out clothes and then go to a time-worn old house and worry about insane neighbors. 
my life is much closer and more familiar to me, although it's not easy at all. By the way, my parents allowed me to keep in touch with Amanda, and I'm grateful for that. I still love her for her directness and ease, and I respect her as a friend. Funny, why do you refuse to come and visit me? It's after the incident, isn't it? She sometimes asks me, laughing. Yes, I almost died that day. Well, I can say for sure that opposites attract. Would you like to try living the life of a teenager from a different social stratum? Write your answers in the comments. And if you like this video, like it and share it with your friends. Hi friends! This story is going to surprise you. My name is Sylvia, and I know what you're thinking right now. It seems, Sylvia, that you take us for fools if you think we'll believe in the existence of magic notebooks out there. Not at all. The only fool in this story is me. But first things first. It all started when my relationship with my parents was at an impasse. And it was all my fault. It's just the way I am. Lazy, careless, and wanting only to have fun and enjoy life. I didn't want to study. I didn't listen to my parents. I either hang out with my friends or stared at my phone for hours. I didn't have anything else to do. I thought I could live this way for another 20 years, but things didn't go according to plan. I was expelled from school. At first, I couldn't believe it. I thought it was some kind of prank. By the way, that's what my parents thought too. Very funny, Sylvia, smiled my mother. Where did you hide the camera? In the sugar bowl? Except there was no camera in the sugar bowl and neither was it a prank. And in fact, I had no idea what to do. My parents never yelled at me, so our house fell into a tragic silence for a week. By the way, they should have scolded me. Maybe I wouldn't have to tell that story now if I'd had my phone taken away from me a couple of times. Anyway, my parents went into mourning and I locked myself in my room listening to Lana Del Rey and imagining going off to another state with a bunch of bikers. We'd be crowding the trails, racing against the wind, dancing around a campfire, not showering for weeks, drink gallons of Coke. My fantasy was interrupted by my mother. She appeared on the doorstep of my room and she looked resolute. I would even say frightened. Get ready, she commanded. Where to? To Aunt Nikki's. It couldn't be. I jumped up on the bed, happy as I could be. This was even better than a bunch of unwashed bikers. Aunt Nikki lived in the next state and very rarely came to visit us. It didn't bother mom at all that she hardly ever saw her sister though. They were too different to enjoy each other's company. Mother was a very kind but extremely serious person with a decent profession, a high paying job, and a classic American family. Aunt Nikki, on the other hand, it was like she was stuck at the age of 18, dressed very strangely, into mystical stuff, sang mantras, and never worked. What do you live on, Nikki? My mother was indignant every time. I'm surprised you haven't ended up under a bridge. Well, you wouldn't know. My aunt would answer. I might have slept there last night. I adored Nikki and she adored me, though we seldom saw each other. And now I'm going to live with her. I hope it's forever. I threw everything I could get my hands on into the suitcase without looking. You can stay with her for a week and then your father and I will find you a new school. Only a week. What a pity. But what a week. This week was supposed to be the best week of my life. My dad volunteered to drive me and he spent the whole trip torturing me with advices and guidance. Think about your life, Sylvia. 
he said in a teacher's tone. We never pressured you, thinking you'd find your own way. And what came of it? The best week in American history! I exclaimed. Forget it, Dad. One day, I'll get a million and go to a country where it's always warm. Dad sighed and stopped lecturing. We drove up to Aunt Nikki's house. I had imagined a hundred times what a home of an extraordinary person like her must look like. But all my fantasies faded before reality. The front door opened and the strongest smell of incense hit my nose. Someone's droning voice sang a mantra from a loudspeaker. I immediately noticed the vast array of figurines, paintings, crystals, beads, feathers, and other decorations that littered the entire floor-to-ceiling space. Cool! I grinned in admiration. My dad helped me get my stuff in and left. He still had a few hours of driving back. Aunt Nikki gave me a tour of the house. And this is the door to my room, she smiled. And I'll personally rip your nosy nose off if you come in here. I laughed, appreciating the joke. But I could tell by the look in the woman's eyes that there was very little humor in it. Okay, not going in means not going in. There were so many perks of living with my aunt. We talked about everything. We went for walks, did yoga, dancing like crazy to weird music. And all my thoughts of expulsion literally evaporated on the first day. Then I accidentally overheard a conversation that I wasn't supposed to hear. Aunt Nikki, it turned out, was helping people solve their problems. No, she wasn't the head of the Sicilian Mafia. More like a witch doctor. She ran her own esoteric blog on Instagram, and she did consultations. I happened to be part of one of those consultations, going down to the kitchen. Thanks for all your help, Nikki. I told my friends about you. They'll be sure to sign up, a woman's voice said. Seeing me, my aunt ended the conversation, and we sat down to eat dinner. It's great that you can talk to people and make money, I told Nikki. Yes, there's a lot of customers, she nodded. It's all thanks to this thing. She motioned at the old shabby notebook lying next to her on the table. What is it? A magic notebook. But you don't need to know how it works. <laughs> Does Aunt Nikki think I'm an idiot? Is the internet not working for me? I knew exactly how these magic books work. For naive people born yesterday, they grant all the wishes written on their pages. But for those who haven't lost the ability to think, they don't work at all. I liked hanging out with my aunt, but I never really believed in all that magical stuff. I voiced my thoughts out loud. The woman looked at me like a toddler with chocolate smeared on her face and opened her notebook with determination. Let's write down that in a minute, the courier will bring us five pizzas for free. She quickly wrote down her wish on a sheet of paper. And just as Nikki finished writing down the last word, the doorbell rang. My aunt gracefully walked to the door and opened it. Miss Halliwell, your five pizzas, they're already paid for. My jaw almost met the counter. Is your last name Halliwell? No, but I predict someone won't be expecting a pizza for their party tonight. That's the kind of magic I like. Aunt Nikki demonstrated the capabilities of her magic notebook a couple more times. And then she made me promise not to touch it. I swear! I blurted it out as I began to make a plan of action. I had to get my hands on that notebook no matter what. I wanted to get my hands on a million dollars and go live in some country where it's always sunny. I would have been more specific if I didn't have a fat F in geography. 
Over the next couple of days, I figure out the perfect moment to steal the notebook. Early in the morning, when my aunt was asleep. She always slept so soundly. And she wore earplugs. The perfect crime! After turning off the alarm at 5 in the morning, I snuck into Nikki's bedroom. The place was, let me tell you, even weirder than the rest of the house. Crystals everywhere, symbols that I couldn't make out. And it made me want to get out of there. I saw the notebook on the bedside table. I tiptoed, grabbed it, and headed out. I was in such a mad anticipation of happiness that I stopped looking under my feet. One step, and I was on the floor, dragging the bookcase and all its contents with a wild thud. My aunt moved in the bed. I froze, struggling to blend into the black carpet, as if one could miss this mess. But Aunt Nikki just turned on her other side, and I was out of her bedroom in a heartbeat. I didn't have to clean up after myself because I would be rushing to another state in minutes with a million dollars in my pocket. In my room, I grabbed the first thing I could find, a lipstick. I opened my notebook to a blank page and wrote down my wish. Cool! Sylvia, what have you done? Pale as death, my aunt stood in the doorway. I shook the notebook triumphantly. Now I will be rich! You can fulfill all your desires. Why can't I? What a fool you are! The woman sat down on the floor. It's the devil's notebook! What? The notebook fell out of my hands and ended up on the bed, opening to the very first page. I, Nikki Katrol, give my soul in exchange for the fulfillment of all the wishes written in this notebook. The writing frightened me so much that I staggered to the side, falling off the bed. What's going to happen now? I stared at my aunt. I don't know, Sylvia. I think he'll be displeased and he'll grant you a wish you'll regret for the rest of your life. The woman said it so quietly and doomfully that when my cell phone rang, the last word was drowned out by the loud ringtone. I reached for the phone. It was my mother. Sylvia, get ready fast. Again? Where are you going? No time to explain. Mom seemed to be crying. Dad and I are in big trouble. We sold everything we had, and we're leaving. We'll pick you up on the way, so be ready. We can't wait a minute. She hung up. I stared at the blank screen for a few seconds. What did you wish for? Asked my aunt. A million dollars, and to go to a warm country. So the wish came true. Apparently, my parents just managed to raise a million by selling everything we have. But that's not what I wanted. I grabbed my notebook and frantically began to flip through it, looking for a blank page. Now I'll write to make everything as it was before. It doesn't work that way, Sylvia. Nikki looked as sinister as a real witch. I warned you. But there must be a way out. There are consequences to everything you do. I agree. Anything, as long as the parents don't get in trouble. I love my mom and dad very much. I didn't want to get them in trouble because of my stupidity. Sacrifice what's more precious than your freedom. My aunt's eyes filled with blood. How's that? Take the notebook and write, give it all back. In return, I promise to study all year long. 
In a panic, I grabbed a pencil and I was about to write the first word when I suddenly came to my senses. Stop. The horror immediately evaporated. Really? I frowned, and only now, looking closely at my aunt, I noticed that she could hardly contain her laughter. In fact, she wasn't holding back anymore. Aunt Nikki was laughing like a madwoman. And I threw that stupid magic notebook at her and grabbed the phone and dialed my mom's number. Sylvia, come on, it's no time to talk. There was still panic on the other end of the line. A fake panic, like in a Turkish soap opera. The Oscars were on their way, mom. I barked. Yes, you got that right. My parents had put Aunt Nikki up to this grand spectacle for me. Her goal was to get me to study in any way she could. My aunt was all for it. She always liked crazy adventures. So she invested a lot of time and energy in preparing for the show. If I hadn't outed these entertainers, I would have studied all year at school. To save my loved ones. To be honest, I decided to spend more time on my studies. If my parents were willing to do that, it means my education is important to them. So why not try? Have you ever been pranked by someone close to you? Tell us in the comments what it's like.